0: Welcome to the ImperativeMX.com Post-Race Evaluation Podcast. Speaking on the weekend's racing action with host Zach Newberry and co-host Heavy Day! Welcome to a brand new feature here on the ImperativeMX.com podcast with myself and co-host Heavy D to speak about yesterday's Nashville Supercross for round number 15, and we have a lot to get into. Before we get started here on this ImperativeMX.com post-race evaluation from Nashville, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board, West Virginia Motorsports, Dirt Industries, Custom Graphics, FXR, Hydropower. Total Control Racing Suspension, PR Motorsports, Mika Metals, and Silver Valley MX Park. Would like to get a main sponsor for these brand new ImperativeMX.com post-race evaluation podcasts moving forward. And if this is something for your company and you guys would be interested moving forward, please reach out to us by emailing ImperativeMX at gmail.com. And now let's get into some Supercross racing talk from the music capital of the United States, Nashville. But first, joining me today to evaluate yesterday's racing from Nashville, it's Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy?
1: Oh, bro, you know, just trying to keep my tears together. Trying to keep my tears together.
0: I hear you. We We had some awesome... Uh, awesome racing yesterday, and we also had some unfortunate uh, circumstances come up for two of the main 450 riders, and Hunter Lawrence won his first championship. Uh, Supercross, man, it was a uh, it was a wild and interesting day uh, coming from the music capital in Nashville.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. Um, you broke up there at the end.
0: Oh, my fault. Uh, just about the racing yesterday from, from Nash- nashville it was crazy
1: oh dude it was so insane it was man like it's it's like like i said i'm holding my tears back for my boy Coop, what well, i know we ain't talking about that yet but man it was crazy like i'm stoked hunter got that championship like highly overdue yep well deserved hardly earned you know well earned like he earned it for sure but Man, there was so much craziness going on, like especially with Barsha going down, Coop going down, you know, Tomac still there. I mean, I mean, more. I know it's still what, two races left.
0: Yeah, yeah two we got, races left. Yep.
1: So anything can happen. You know, Sexton's still pretty close, but I mean, golly, the season's been so insane. I know. All oh, years.
0: I know, and right Man. here at the very end, we we uh, we lose two of the main. Uh, Pretty much five riders that we've been watching these uh, for like the last month kind of unfortunately go away and um, all of that. But before we get uh, into all of that, let's talk about uh, Nashville and a little bit of press day. Uh, We obviously drove down on Thursday and didn't get there until Friday morning at like one thirty and uh, was able to sleep in a little bit because the um, we didn't need to be at the stadium until about twelve thirty. And that was for the Ryan Dungey Foundation, uh, all kids bike and um, and teaching these kids how to how to ride and putting these little strider bikes into elementary school or elementary schools to be able to uh, learn how to ride a dirt bike or ride how to, you know, learn how to ride a bicycle. Like he said, 60 percent of kids don't get the opportunity to learn uh, how to ride a bicycle nowadays. So uh, that's what Ryan Dungey's foundation does and, uh, tries to help out. So being a part of that and, um, hanging out with, uh, Stu was there and Luke Neese was there. Cade Clayson was there, the entire next level racing, um, team was there to help build these bikes, Dan Hubbard. And, um, yeah, Todd Harris was even there building bikes. I mean, it was, it was a good amount of, uh, people, but it was still pretty uh, low key I felt like. There was only a handful, obviously, of us up there that were uh, building bikes and um man, it was it was really cool to see that uh the community really still loves to help out um you know the sport in so many ways and especially James Stewart and um Ryan Dungey. So that was pretty cool heavy D.
1: Oh yeah. You know I was like seeing the videos and stuff and I was like, man, I think that's pretty pretty badass. Like, you know, you got a select few guys, but you you got Ron Duddy's Foundation doing that, giving bikes back to schools. I thought it was pretty sweet you was there, too, like on hand helping out. I mean, I feel like that right there is like a huge opportunity within itself to do something with a, a bunch of, you know, legends, you know, from the sports past and you know guys that's in it right now So I think that whole ordeal was pretty badass
0: Yeah and it was only Myself and Roto Moto um, On YouTube uh, It was me and him he helps out Pulpamex with the fantasy and um, Also does his own YouTube Channel for uh, certain things Within the sport as well he helps out RacerX X Online as well so it was only me And him there as Part of the media I think Direct Motocross Was there as well but I actually Don't know what that guy uh, looks like he's a Canadian guy, if I am not mistaken. Um, but it was cool. Like I said, it was just low-key, and we got to check out the track. And um, Stu was over there forever just looking at the track and dissecting it after everything was uh, was down. So I think he was trying to think about what the racing conditions would, would be like. And Stu only built one bike. He didn't know until the very end um, when I got the one photo with uh, with him he was still working on that one bike to make it his. Like he had the bars all the way low like he would want it. Like he changed certain things on the bike that nobody else thought. And yeah, he made oh. that bike special for him. It was hilarious. We were all we were we were all laughing so hard.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he stewed it is what he
0: did yeah I was like stew I was like you planning on going out there tomorrow on this thing he made this he made this custom from there and everybody uh, started laughing from there so it was it was funny it was it was crazy he's such a legend yeah that, man
1: that, that's it it's like alright I'm gonna make this thing and whatever kid gets it, whatever kid can hop on this thing and ride it, he's the next fastest man on the planet
0: i'm telling you he made it custom just for him and it was ready to go out onto uh, nissan stadium track it was definitely definitely um his it was custom made just for him and it was really cool to see that and uh just him mingling with everybody right everybody wants to ask him questions and stuff and he didn't pull back. He was always, you know, uh, down to answer questions and for the media and even myself, right? Like just taking that one photo, you know, I'm like, Hey, Stu, can I get a, can I get a photo with you right here? Or, you know, a photo of you right here on the bike. And I mean, he, he even took himself a minute to get situated and everything like, you know, he was, he was into it. So that was cool for, uh, for myself and, um, and everything. And then once they built the bikes, uh, they all went, down to the elementary school to drop him off, and it was cool. Dungy was there. He was in the press box the entire time, all the way on the other side, uh, watching the race with his family and his kids and all of that good stuff, KTM guys, and, yeah, he he was one of the last guys to leave. Um, me and Nicole sat in the truck after the main event and press conference and after I walked around the pits and stuff, and, yeah, he was one of the last ones to leave. So you know Dungy really, really loves this sport, and it was really cool to see him give back to the community as well. So that whole thing – uh, was just really really cool on um, Friday afternoon.
1: Oh yeah, dude. That's you know you you know Dungey really loves the sport. You know I thought it was like super sick. He came back last you know last year and ran all outdoors, and I mean I know he's got a family and stuff. You know a lot of these guys like it's you know you get in you, you love the sport, but also it's one of those things. It's like anything can happen. So. Like, when you, when you start getting on up in age, not calling them old, but, you know, 28, 29, this day and time, hell, younger than that, you got guys that are retiring. Like, you know, I think Stu retired at, what, 32,
0: 33? Uh, I want to say he was almost younger than that. I, I didn't even know. Yeah. Was he even 30 yet? He might
1: he might not have been. He probably was only about 29. Yeah, I'm but,
0: wanna, yeah, anyways –
1: but you know they, I mean, you kind of, I mean, when when you do feel you can win championships early on, nowadays you got to get in, get championships, and get your money and make what you know. I mean, if you win a few million, you can and you know get out. So yeah, I mean, I feel like he, he you know, he retired early. I, I think a lot of them retired early, but you know they want to, you know, as you get older, younger talents coming in it's getting they're getting faster. You know, bikes are getting earlier. Tracks are getting earlier. So I think for him, deep down, he still loves it. That's why you know he he's gonna be the last one there checking out the track and you know still wanting to race. I feel like maybe, but yeah, you know, he's got a family. You know, he's he he's done. He's done his time. Made his money. So I think for him being able to you know be around, be involved, with rebel KTM build bikes, you know, and you know give them away through his charity. I think it's a, it's enough for him nowadays. So I think that's pretty
0: sweet. Yeah, no, especially with him coming back last year. I mean, that was so cool for us to see in the pulled top fives, and I think he even got a fourth at one time. So, I mean, he was so close. I think, what was it? Um, I think it was Washougal where his bike had that failure, and he would have got it done there for sure. I think everybody would have thought that he would have got it done uh, there without the bike uh, mechanical. But – Um, this city and the stadium of nashville that was the first time of my real experience actually um i guess getting to check out downtown and go into the bars and you know and things like that right like when i first went i was very young in like middle school and my mom took me there and we just walked the city right just kind of walked and checked it out but this time um we got the check out both the day the daytime and nighttime so on Wednesday or on sorry on Friday um after we were done with the press day that they had and checking out everything and figuring out where everything was in the stadium for Saturday um so we didn't we we didn't have to figure all of that out um just going to go check out the stadium from there I mean it was only a mile away uh you take this very nice memorial bridge all the way over the river that you know you have on one side you have the stadium and uh the interstate and all of that and then to the left you got the entire city the big 18 AT, uh at&t building looks like a bat it looks like a batman uh building it's got the two uh like pointed like i guess statues on top or whatever it is on top it looks exactly like the batman or it looks like a batman building it or his cap, I should say. It's crazy. Um, but that was cool. Just being able to have the walking experience. Like when you're done at Nissan stadium, you can just walk the bridge or you can get one of the scooters and literally just drive over to your favorite bar or whatever it is. And every single bar there, heavy D like every bar was like four or five stories with like a rooftop and as you would go down the flight of stairs, like me and Nicole, we would go into one of these bars because we're we're really not much of drinkers. We just wanted to check out just the music and just the environment, right? Just to say that we got the experience. But we would start all the way up at the rooftop bar and we would work our way down and each floor had a different band. Like, unbelievable.
1: <laughs> That's badass. I know that was sweet. Especially, like, you guys being, like, the music enthusiasts that you are, how much you love music, I yeah. know it was sweet
0: dude it was so cool it 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 really was i i absolutely had a blast with it and um nicole did as well and uh yeah we had a we had a good uh we had a good time uh last night afterwards we saw starling down there uh he had his best finish of the uh of the year uh after last weekend and we just actually just talked to him on the pod too so that was cool to to see him uh downtown and just the just the entire environment you know we saw some other people that were uh downtown as well but um mainly man we just wanted to check out the experience and yeah i mean 10 out of 10 from if you want to go to a supercross race and at the stadium and then you want the Nashville downtown experience as well i mean it's so easy and it's very convenient 10 out of 10 absolutely um it was it was awesome it was really cool thinking Sorry. back on it now because you know we just got back what just a couple of hours ago so it's crazy to think about that was all just yesterday
1: dude that's crazy like i think it was pretty cool how they did the race too they got everything over pretty early and so after the race you know you got to go check stuff out like hit the bars and stuff like that yeah i think that's pretty cool how they've done that you know i think they made it a lot better for, you know, the tourists coming in. The ones that, that probably haven't never been to a Supercross, but you know, you get to go to Nashville. When you go to Nashville, Music City, you want to check out a lot of stuff. Oh,
0: absolutely. So I
1: think that you know, they actually like, I got to give shouts out to Phil Fred, you know. They they made it more worth your while. They didn't just think about all right, what a race. And they wanted to make it an all around experience so if they get to go back, you'll do it again. It's like, all right, we're going to Nashville like watch Supercross, it's over by six. It was over by like what, six o'clock, six thirty. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, I think I got back to the truck even after the press conference and everything and it was like maybe six thirty or something. So
1: Yeah, it's like that you that that's sick. Like after that and it's like all right, let's go check out downtown. Let's go like see what Music City's about tonight. Yeah. So I mean that's that's legit. It makes it where you want to come back for, you know, more racing and all that.
0: Absolutely. And I mean the place was packed. I mean that was the most packed stadium we've been to this year right that's this is our fourth one um or at least that I have been to Nicole's been the three of them so um yeah awesome the only thing uh, I would say to change is uh, is the dirt the the dirt is is not good inside Nissan Stadium and I don't know if you remember from 2019 it was even worse um and that's without the rain that they had. So um, they obviously didn't have press day on um, Friday because of the rain. And we were looking at the track, and I was talking with Luke, and we were looking at the transitions. And, yeah, when you when you would land, uh, you know, when we're looking at the track, you could see where, you know, you're going to try t- double, triple here or uh, step over a tabletop. But, yeah, in those transitions, it was really muddy. And so it was going to be – It was going to be very tough for them with multiple lines in the track, uh, along with the very, very hard and slick dirt um, that was underneath. And obviously, we saw a lot of mistakes out there from um, that point right there. I think they would need to change some things up a little bit as far as the dirt. But I think just all around the experience and everything they're definitely going to come back i I wouldn't see why they would not want to come back
1: oh yeah they um i think they would i mean the turnout looked like it was fantastic everybody had a good time like the dirt did look like it was like not that great and i it looked like it dried out pretty quick like and uh and the step on step off it was uh Man, look, it almost developed a man-made face off that one step on, step off. Did you see that?
0: Yeah, after the the triple, after the finish line. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, they went in there. I think it was going in from the time qualifying, number one, and then they get the break, and – then they go to the second qualifying round. Um, they yeah. went and put that lip on there because it wasn't there for free practice nor the first time qualifying, but people kept clipping it and going over the bars. And so they were like, all right, we got to put a lip on this thing. So they went out there and man-made a lip on there.
1: Yeah, that's – I mean, which is, which is good, you know. It was just – man, it was like the – dirt, the dirt was so fun. It was like – it was dry and hard, but it was almost like it was – like so soft it didn't really pack
0: that well. Yeah, it didn't pack well and it all it did was once you got that slosh out of the way, it made a it made a rut, but just because of the dirt and how hard it was. I mean, did you see Tom Vial's crash? No, I don't he think went, I see it. Oh, dude, he went over the bar so bad right in front of us on the in the um in the press box cuz that's where we were. That's what side we were on. And he went to go on the, on the inside, went to go step on, step off, and he went to, went to go step off. A lot of the guys had been going left off that first triple because it would set them up just right to rail the outside of this right hander going into the dragon's back. So it developed just one middle left line, if that makes sense, that everybody was doing, but it was developing such a bad kick there at the end that it got Tom and I mean, thank God he pressed the eject button before it was too late but dude, it was brutal and he wasn't the only one. There was, um, I believe a guy in the C-, C practice had that happen and I think one more um, but yeah, it was that was gnarly and the Dragons back like when practices were over and I knew that there was time I would normally go down to the pits and I want to get the riders opinion. Like I want to Instead of texting them or whatever, because I know they're not on his, their phones or checking Twitter or anything like that, right? So the easiest thing to do is just go down to the fan fest. You have to deal with that, unfortunately, like trying to get through everything. Um, but going and talking with them to see how the track was compared to what I'm seeing it in the press box, right? Like, and making sure that what I'm thinking is exactly what they're thinking. And yeah, I went to Luke Bitterman. Starling now asked them, you know, how it was and they all said that it was very slick, it was very hard in the transitions because they're getting such like bad kicks and um the Dragons back is going to ruin somebody's day. Uh somebody's day by the end of the, you know, the night program or the day program, I should say. And, and it, sure it enough, it still happened to be Uh Dude, and it just happened to be that, man, like damn it you know like man this was getting so good like i'm not saying that just because bam and cooper are out means that we're still not gonna have um you know good racing moving forward but that just throws two guys out of the mix that could potentially and they can win right on any given night so um yeah definitely losing barsha and uh and cooper but i don't think that was a uh i don't think that was a track thing I don't think Cooper's crash was a was a track thing. I think
1: no, no, his was just a like a like you know he he had a moment race incident, like you know just a slight mess up. You know he missed the line. He he missed the line. I can't remember. Well, or did he just pop
0: out of it? So from what? tomac said in the press conference was in that heat race you know they were one and two Cooper got the whole shot and then right um and then tomac scared him in that right hander after that first rhythm section he said that he said that Cooper came in on me and and spooked me so oh, I'm sorry so tomac had the lead Cooper came in came in up on him real quick and it spooked him that's why Cooper got around him and then he said that I had a beeline, pretty much straight to that inside. So he said he just went for it. So when he said that he just went for it, he thinks that he spooked Coop into making that mistake up on the outside, and he just washed out because it was just loose dirt and slick on that other side, you know. So, um, yeah, just uh, just unfortunate. And then, sex. And then, Cincerello had nothing he could do. You know he came, he came out of that, and yeah, man, Coop's helmet was just right there, laying right at that rut, pretty much.
1: Yeah, you know, I just, I seen it, and I seen, I know some people felt like AC could have dodged, but dude, there wasn't nothing he could do. I'm no,
0: sorry, no, there was nothing he could do. It's the first lap, dude. Like
1: I feel like a lot of people in that position, unless you've actually been out there racing and in close quarters. It's, it's not You can look at it all day And say you could have done this But When you actually The one with that helmet on And behind the bars Dude shit happens quick Like Yeah It's It's, it's a whole different perspective Man And When You out there racing And it's tight like that Like And here's what's funny It's like You You ain't When you're racing You ain't Expecting to have to Like Have somebody Land in front of you Granted shit yeah, can happen But like it, it happened so quick. Like, Cooper literally had just failed. And you could tell, like, Coop was like, he knew he messed up because he was already trying to get back up. And then it was like, bam. Yeah. So, I mean,. It wasn't like he wasn't even done moving yet. He was still, like, falling in the process almost.
0: Yeah, and just from where he went over the berm a little bit, he just happened to have his head right there at, like, inside of the rut, like, when they're coming out. Like, just straight beeline, and it's just unfortunate. And even Adam tweeted yesterday and said, tough day for me, not because of my result, but because of the incident with Cooper in the heat race the absolute worst spot you could be in as a racer. It happened so fast and I wish I could have avoided it. I'm thinking of him and I hope he is back soon. So you know for Adam, he's he's a I believe he's an emotional rider, right? And he's an emotional human being, um, just from what I gather. Um and I think that was tough for him because you see When you watch the replay and you watch Adam go back down the straightaway, you see him shaking his head because he knew he he hit the hell out of Coop right there, and obviously nothing he could do. But he was gutted. Like he said, it was even hard for him to uh, finish the race, uh, the rest of that race, because that's all he was thinking about.
1: Well, here's the thing, too. Like we've all watched Adam race, and I don't know if anybody's ever like made a point to this or not, but. Like, I, I, I know he felt bad because, granted, he may have been the golden child when it came to amateur racing and being the top dog. But one thing I can say, and a lot of people, if you pay attention, I know you can say he's never, like, intentionally or tried to take anyone out or hurt anyone. He's played cat and mouse a good bit, but you've never seen him try to intentionally hurt anyone.
0: Absolutely or, not. Or, like,
1: straight, Phone anybody no. i never seen him try and do that no he, like he's taking like if he's lost he's taking an ass whooping like a champ. like, a camp. like yep. he, if he gets he, t- he takes his beat. that's just how it is yeah and so like for him in that position i don't it wasn't nothing he could have done i know i think he feels bad because he probably felt like it was something he could have done to have uh, avoided it but dude like if you've been if you're a true racer you know like like I said before, that shit happened fast. It happened so quick. It happens, and it's like,
0: yeah.
1: and it's the damage it you do, damage you don't. Like, I know you can sit well on it and be like, man, I wish you, I, I probably could have done this. I probably could have done that. Dude, no. It's like, you, you got a split second to think. Get that. And it's hard to think when you still got that throttle twisted. So it ain't like he could have paused that motorcycle, made a position, started back, made a decision, started back, and went. Yeah. He, he had to think while moving. On something, well, yeah. two wheels a whole lot of horsepower. So that, that's you know that's just how I looked at
0: it. No, and I I completely agree with you. There was absolutely nothing he could do, and I don't believe anybody should be upset um, with him at all. <laughs> So, um, and yeah, unfortunately, he's going to be out. He tweeted or he posted a post today. He's going to be out for the remainder of the Supercross season. Probably get him uh, get him straight. He's headed home. So, he's all good. And uh, yeah, Barsha, man, a broken collarbone. So, he'll be out. I'm sure he'll be at the first round of the um, motocross season. But it looks like Coop may potentially be going to uh, World Supercross. But we'll have to... Uh, keep an eye out on that in the uh upcoming weeks but um man let's talk about this four fifty main event heavy d uh tomac grabbed the start Moran's almost had it almost had it um but tomac grabs the start and uh it's Moran's Nichols and sexton uh that were right behind him, so Man, I, I really thought that Eli was just gonna go. I really thought that he was gonna pull out a lead because there in the beginning he sure he sure enough did. Um he started pulling out a lead and uh Sexton had a pretty hard time getting around Justin Hill there in that third position, but man, what a what a awesome ride for Chase Sexton and to be able to come up past Tomac and check out and have no issues and grab his fourth win of the season. You know,
1: here's my thing. I'm I'm pumped for Sexton. He got another win, but at the same time, it's just like sound sounds so shitty on my part. But like, I would be more excited if he was. Like I said, anything can happen. He could still win. He he could still come back and do it. But it's just, like, some big factors going to have to play. Like, you know, Tomat's not going to be able to make a main. Or not, you know, he's going to have to miss a main. And I forgot what else. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. But, he's he's pretty – he's, like – I think he's still, like, 19, 19 down, uh, I want to say.
1: You know, I would just feel uh, – I'd be a lot more pumped if he was closer
0: than 18. what he, 18 points behind now. I,
1: you know, like, literally, toeback can go get, like, top five, the last two, and win the championship.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's no, like, he, I mean, he's gonna be in, he's gonna be in conservative mode now, right? Like, he's, he's good. Gonna,
1: for now, like, now I feel like, the racing was good all year, because I, like, he had to try.
0: Right, right.
1: So had to try. Now, it's like when it's like that, it's to me, it's like it's no fun because he don't have to try now. Like, yeah, and, you know, I feel like – and here's how I look at – I'm not trying to backtrack, but on Cooper's part, I feel like he's so upset just because, like, for him, it's almost like a – it's not, but it's not. Like, he's won when, like, these top dogs were there. Right. But for him – I think this year is the only year he's is where he like actually like is able to be on Tomac's butt and like be able to pass him and win races, and he can say he beat him straight up in a dogfight championship. Yeah. Whether he would not he to live with that if he would have lost like at the end, it's just the fact he's not going to get that closure because Tomac. I feel like Tomac could possibly say, you know what. This is my
0: last year doing supercross. I'm done. Yep. And so, so you're you're him, just you're just saying that it just sucks because Chase isn't close enough um, exactly. to to make this an actual title fight going going down to the very end because Coop yeah. uh, unfortunately is out. It's like he
1: it, it, it sucks because he had more. He was more than capable of winning a lot more races. It was like, but it was like for him the pressure got to him and now it's like he could if something like happened to Tomat but I honestly think like he's I think it's good for him for the pressure to be off like he's fine with it yeah. like right now I think he's honestly okay with not in the title fight and you know not having to worry about that pressure be put right back on him at the end like he's like alright i go go win races I ain't got to worry about winning the title I'm going to collect my check and be good
0: Yeah, that was one of the questions I was going to have for him was once Sexton got around you, was your plan to go ahead and go and try and get back after him for the win? Or were you pretty content with where you were? You know, like I'm I'm rewatching back the race right now. The 450 main event and Sexton just got around Justin Hill and he was about five seconds back um, on Tomac. But Tomac kept making these very weird mistakes in the whoop section and that's what he was talking about. He said he had a couple of uh you know incidents where he almost went down in the whoop section and it I wouldn't say it just spooked him realistically and he wasn't trying to throw it away. He knew what the track was and how gnarly it was and all of that. So he just wanted to, you know, pretty much just get out of there okay. And I would say yeah, he that's what his plan is for the next two races, but at the same time, I mean, he's very good at Denver, and he's very good at Salt Lake because of the hard pack tracks um, and the altitude, right? So um, I wouldn't say that he's going to – I mean, if the win is there, obviously he's going to take it, right? But I wouldn't see him putting up a big fight with these guys. Absolutely not. It,
1: it's like – I don't know if you remember um interview Stu did a while back, but he was like – you know, he feels like that's the difference, like, and then with him and Ricky and Chad, you know, it didn't matter. No matter what, they wanted to like they wanted to win. Like right, they didn't care about. They wanted to win. Yep. And which I get it. You know, it's a bigger picture. You know, of these teams, these manufacturers, they got a lot invested. But you know, fans, they they couldn't achieve. Like I feel like this year, that's what's helped motocross. Like getting back to those battles, like Stu, Reed, Carmichael. Like, that's what's helped. That's what people want to see. You know, right. they don't want to see, like, I understand, like, I hate I hate it for Cooper. I really do. Like, shit, I cried. Right. But, you know, like, even with Samson, it was like, all right. Going on the big rest it could have been anything else. I mean, I'm not him. I'm not trying to speak for him, but it was a lot of factors that played that, you know, pushed him 18 points back in the championship with two left to go. And he had, you know, it was, what, six races he could have won that, he, you know, he – it crashed and, you know, those got thrown away.
0: Yeah. But He'd be right there. It's
1: like, and, and now it's like, all right, he can go put up a fight with Tomac. And Tomac's basically just like, all right, I got it wrapped up. It'd be stupid for me to go out here and out battle this dude and throw it all away. Yeah. So for Setson, it's like, all right, I can get out front and run away with it and get a win. And, you know, Tomac, he, and I could be wrong, he may put up a fight in this last two and be like, all right, you know, I'm approved. And I, you know, I'm the man, but. It wasn't like outdoors where he really had to like get out there and you know damn ride yeah. thirty minutes the whole time everything. so do um,
0: yeah it I I completely agree with you Heavy D I think I think that they or that Eli is going to definitely put it into conservative mode but I think if a win is there he'll he'll take it but um yeah I. Completely agree that this year was so good, just because of the facts that you stated there—that everybody was trying to win, right? And if uh, they didn't win, they were mad. And so I think yep. I think it's going to be different um, now moving forward. But um, yeah, Sexton able to take his fourth win, and and Tomac and in, in second there, and um, Roxanne got third. He said he was not stoked with his ride. Uh, he said that he just felt off on the track all day. Um I thought real I mean going into the main event, I thought it was gonna be him or Barsha that was going to uh that was gonna win. I felt like Barsha still had the speed to get it done. He's a good starter. Um right, so he's normally up there at the front these this last month, I would say. So um but yeah, so Sexton Tomac, Roxon up there on the podium, good press conference afterwards, go and watch that. They uh they went and uh, dissected some some stuff and and all of that a lot of the questions were for moving forward the super motocross and obviously the motocross championship that's coming up here um in a little bit and ask some testing questions and and all of that good stuff and then Nichols able to get a fourth man that was a awesome ride for uh colt Nichols. there he started in six and Worked his way, uh, worked his way up. Unfortunate with, you know, Barsha going down, right? That helped him out a little bit. But still, solid rod, able to get that fourth, his best on the, on the year since Anaheim won. Remember that six that he had about three months ago? And, uh, yeah, yeah it seemed like it, it had gone downhill a little bit from there. He had a couple races off, uh, because of an injury, or he, and a con- I think it was a concussion, I think. Um, but yeah, no, good for him. And, um, Dino able to grab a seventh, uh and Anderson in uh sixth, Censorello in eighth, uh good ride for Chisholm in ninth, and uh, unfortunate for Shane McArath with his uh shock uh completely snapping in half. Like the reservoir, that thing was completely cracked. And so that's what you that's saw solid. out there on the uh on the track. Uh Justin Hill's brother, um Josh. And t- yep, Josh in tenth there. Uh, but good ride for Justin Hill. I mean, he was in third there and uh, made a mistake, unfortunately, and uh worked his way back. But what a great ride! And I even I even saw him when we were going back and uh congratulated him because I felt like he put in an awesome ride and awesome performance. And I think he's the uh I think he's been the underrated rider in the 450 class this year, uh, as far as just success. And um, you know, he hasn't been back in quite a while, right? So. Uh, he was a cop for for a year or so, and now he's coming back, and he's getting, you know, almost damn near on the podium. You know, even even though we're at the later stages of the of the season, but still, to put in a top five or uh, in a 450 main event, no matter who's on the gate, is hard. So, uh, congrats to Justin Hill on that ride, and also his brother getting top tens. I mean, both of the bro- brothers have been phenomenal um this year like I said good ride for uh starling and best friend Morans they they go 11 12. uh Tristan Lane made another main event and he's 13th uh Cartwright 14th and uh Carnow his career best 15th and uh that was cool because afterwards I went down to the paddock and uh went to go and and look for him and he looked a little down and I was like why why are you down? He's like, what do you mean? And, was, and he was like, oh, I'm just concentrated on my phone. I was like, man, come on, this is your career best. You should be stoked. You should be pounding beers and should be going downtown, you know, but uh, no, nah, he definitely went downtown for sure. But uh, awesome for him. Marcier, uh 16th, Simonson second, second race on a 450, And, and, and I'm, I, you know, I was there for New Jersey and this one. So I don't know. I think I need to start going to some of these races, uh, because I it seems like I'm I'm helping some of these riders in some way, shape, or form because Simonson got into another main event and that's awesome. Max Miller, I wanna say was this his first main this year? Yeah, yeah. Dude, um, that's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. I think I tweeted that out. That's awesome. Yeah, no, good for him. Uh K Clayson in nineteenth. Uh, Shane McElbath, unfortunate. Justin Barsha, unfortunate for 21st. And uh, Grant Harlan also had a gnarly crash um, in either the Dragon's Back or the Whoops. I can't remember what it was, but it was right there about halfway through the 450 main event. And, uh, yeah, he had a great season going and was riding very, very well this year. Uh, top privateer, I want to say, um, other than Justin Hill uh, and Josh Hill. But, um, man that's the that's the 450 class from nashville round number 15 of the monster energy ama supercross season and uh, again thanks to all of the sponsors on board west virginia motorsports dirt industries custom graphics fxr hydropower total control racing suspension pr motorsports mika metals and uh, silver valley mx park and uh heavy D, let's get into the two fifty class. Hunter Lawrence grabs his first Supercross Championship. And man, it it was uh it was good to see. And from what he's come from watching or you know, listening to him on the press conference and uh twenty twenty Lorettas, he was done. He said, I'm I'm done doing this doing this racing. I can't stay uh injury free. And I'm just going to help my brother and we're going to go from there. And I would say about a week later, I think he said, or three or four or five days later or something, he said he's coming back. But, uh, yeah, so one point in time he said that he was done. And to see where, you know, he's come from, from the uh, first time that he came and did Supercross right, it did not go well. And to see where he's at now, finally get a championship, it was good for Hunter to uh, get that and also – uh, Gibson guitars and Alpine stars did an amazing job with that. Um, obviously, me as a music uh, enthusiast, I thought that that was uh really really cool. And um, yeah, congratulations to Hunter Lawrence on his first uh, 250 Supercross East Championship.
1: Heck yeah, man! I was I was stoked for him. You know, just he, he deserved it. You know, he's worked hard for it. He's fought through the hardship, and uh, he finally got it. So I, I know that felt good.
0: Oh, absolutely, it did. And, um, yeah, it was cool. Jet was there. And, uh, yeah, I got to walk around a little bit when they uh, – I didn't stay for the bike rev and all of that. I didn't I didn't stay for that. It was starting to get kind of late, and we also wanted to go downtown and experience uh, that, too, before we had the long drive home today. But, um, yeah, man, awesome. And then Joe, coming back from injury in, in Atlanta, he grabbed a fourth last weekend obviously wasn't too well but uh he gets on the podium heavy D so Joe Joe Sushi is back.
1: Yes. Smol, Joe Shiesty. I'm going to call him Joe Shiesty.
0: Joe Shiesty? Yeah, Joe it,
1: Shiesty, Yeah, it's not uh, Poo, it's
0: not Poo Shiesty, it's Joe Shiesty. Joe Shiesty, man. It was
1: good, you know. I think it's even better for a pro circuit, especially <laughs> the start of the year that they had, man, like all the riders they've been having, they had to go down at the beginning of the year. It was like, literally, they had to hit a reset button.
0: Yeah, they needed something good. Was Wait, was that Pro Circuit's first uh, podium this year?
1: Uh, uh no, I th- I want to say McAdoo got oh, one. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah,
0: oh, yeah, I am, uh, yeah, I'm tripping. Don't, yeah. Cancel that! No, no, I, like, I, I forgot. I forgot. I, I forgot. Yeah, no, it's just I, been. I, unfortunately, it's just been really bad for Mitch Payton and the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. And yeah, I completely forgot about uh Mac McAdoo, uh, and success. So that is completely my fault. But yeah, man, it's not been good, and it's good for them to get another podium at least before the uh, the end of the year. And I think they still got some more coming too. Man,
1: honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's been such a hell of a year for them. They probably
0: forgot they got a podium. I know, right? They they probably had to think about it too. Like, wait, do we need to do we need to Instagram this out? Oh wait, never mind. We got Cameron back there. Oh yeah, that's right. So hey, get, I gotta give it up to blows. I think it was there in that second or first time qualifying session. He was on top there for a couple of laps. So it seems like. Uh, Zombie Blos is uh is starting to feel good with this monster energy pro circuit Kawasaki team as uh as well. He didn't um I want to see what he got here in in the main event. He ended up getting eighth uh behind Tom Vial, but still, I mean he's you know he's right there in that six, seven, eight range. So uh it was good for for blos and uh very good for that. For Joe Shistee there in that second place position and Jordan Smith, man. Oh man, he wanted he wanted to try to battle Hunter there. And unfortunately in the uh in the sand, I got to talk to him a little bit after the press conference before he uh started bicycling away and I was like, Jordan, you really wanted that win, didn't you? And he was like, Man, I was so mad. I was so mad and I was like, Dude, I saw it in your riding.
1: Oh, dude, he's Man, like, George, a lot of people don't know about George. Like, dude, he He loves to win. Like, he wants to win.
0: Oh, and absolutely. Like, yeah,
1: I mean, uh, so I think everybody else does too. Don't get me wrong. But it's like being a good buddy, you know, like when we beat MTF sometime, we'd we'll be sitting around, like, after training and chilling, talking stories. And it's like, you hear, like, some kids be like, man, I almost had this win. It made me so mad. Like, him, he'd be like, he would get pissed. Like, he, he literally loves, he wants to win that bad. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like, you know, next year, hopefully he'll be back at Star. It, it'll be his year, dude. It'll be his time. It's I, You know, I feel like it's, it's a lot of guys, you know, it, it takes them a while to actually come into their own, which he's there. It's just some other, like, you know, for some, it's just, it's not that their rideability is not there and their speed's not there. It's just, like the areas areas of like the maturity of knowing and learning how to win and putting it all together.
0: Yep. Yeah. It it's it's the putting it together part that that kind of worries yeah. me. But I mean, yeah, going in next year, whatever coast he's on, I mean, himself. I mean, he's he's got to be a title contender, right? Going in, I mean, he's got to yeah, be like, one of the ones you talk about for sure.
1: It was almost like Christian Craig last year. It was like when he finally got it together, it was like he was unstoppable
0: on the 250s. Right, I mean, Hunter was yeah. very good last year as well, and uh, I think if Craig was out, obviously I, uh, Hunter would have gotten that title, um, but All yeah, right. Craig was just, you know, he was able to put it together, right? So, um, I think when Jordan is able to put it put it together, he's not, in, he, he's going back to star for next year, I do believe, from what he said in the uh, New Jersey or, um, i'm sorry the press conference yesterday so i think i think he's gonna be uh i think he's gonna be good uh moving forward and uh hayden deegan in fourth um man he was really he was really battling there in that uh in that heat race but he got a bad start in the main event and uh had to work his way through jeremy martin once again uh to uh to get them up to that fourth place, those two guys just are are stuck together like glue. It seems like all year this year, uh, when they're out there in the main events.
1: Oh yeah, dude, that's and I'm stoked for them. You know, it's just one of those things. Like, like I said, I'm glad they actually pulled them from the amateur from the pros. Like, look how much better these guys. It's like and made them do the whole Supercross futures. It, it was one of those things. I feel like. It, it may not have showed. He had some mishaps in that very first Futures race. But, I mean, it kind of was what it was, you know, in my, in my opinion. You're
0: right. Yeah.
1: So, um, it, it was, you know, it kind of was what it was. So, it's, I feel like he didn't really have anything else to learn down there, you know. If, if they had kept him, he, I feel like he probably went more backwards than forwards so like you know now he's I, I know he's probably learned a lot like his speed's gotten up there you know racing he, he's always been a good racer you know he's he's one of those kids no matter where he started he was able he's always found a way to you know get himself back up to the front yeah but you know at, at this level it's just a, it's a bit harder and i think he's you know he, he's a quick learner so he's figuring out how to get back up there in a hurry And when he starts out up there, he's usually doing pretty good. And he's, you know, his maturity level is hitting, it's getting even higher, you know? Yeah. He's, you know, like his dad said, you know, the Hayden six months ago wouldn't be able to touch the Hayden now or the Hayden two months ago.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? So it's just one of those deals. So I feel like, you know, he's he's definitely on the right track. And I feel like outdoors, he's going to show out in outdoors. That's my opinion. Like he's. I think you'll
0: really get down in outdoors this season. Yeah, uh, do we look at do we look at Hayden as a uh, championship contender for for next year? He's it looks uh, very promising that he's going to finish out this uh, this season uh, in second place. Anstey is in third, uh, behind him by two points. So it's going to be a him and Anstey battle for this uh, second place come Salt Lake City.
1: You know, I want to. I'm on the fence about it, not because of him. It's just, it's that I, it ain't a rookie curse. It's just, you know, over the years you had some guys that come in rookie season and, and and they they you know they kill it, right? And then it's like the second season they hit like a, a wall, and then the third season they, yeah, and they they come back and kill it in the third year, yeah. So. I wanna yeah, is he? I feel like absolutely. I just don't wanna see like that 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 wall, you know, that after rookie wall in you know you
0: Yeah, know what I mean? kinda like that wall of okay, he did really well his first year and he could be a title contender and a race winner come the next season and maybe it's the pressure. Um that gets to her, or maybe the, just the ex- the expectation of you should be here, and um you should be in these spots, and you should be beating these guys, right? Like this is a, just a learning year for him, right? Like he's just doing the best, doing, doing the best he can, finishing where he finishes, right? And you know just going from there. But I mean, he's a racer, right? So. I think going into that next year, that wall you speak of is just the pressure wall. And then once they get through the pressure wall year, they deal with all of that, and then they're good for that third year.
1: Yeah, because, like, now, the reason I say, I, I feel like, and the reason it makes sense, I've heard, uh, you know, several big names talk about it. But the reason I feel like that is because, you know, they, when you come in as a rookie, especially for him, all the hype that was around him, and, you know, Bobby Reagan, like, he'll tell you, like, all of he wants a winner on his team. You ain't winning, I'll see you later. Right. But for him, it was like, I think it was a high expectation. And a lot of people, it was just the expectation of him running in the top five, let alone, you know, getting podiums, you know, getting on the box this year. So, it's like, all right, if he could do that, it's rookie season. Next year, I'm pretty – I'm not – Hunter may be back again, depending, you know. Uh, they may move him up with Jeter. I don't know. Yeah. But you got several guys leaving, so I think the the standard for him is win next year. So, like you said, that that pressure wall it could hit him. Yeah. You know, of him having the expectation of all right, no, you, you as a rookie, you you know, you can podium like you were the third place guy to beat. Yeah. So this year is nonetheless, you shouldn't only win. You know. So it could be, you know, I mean, he could possibly handle the pressure. I feel he can. You know, he's he's you know, he he's had a big spotlight on him his whole life. So yeah. I mean, it it's just one of those things I think we just have to see.
0: Absolutely, and we will definitely be seeing that and with the pro motocross championship coming up soon that's going to be really good i think in both classes right so um that's something to look forward to max Dancy, after his win from last weekend could he transfer it over into this weekend and yeah it was a it was a tough track for him uh and for everybody right he was able to pull out a fifth there and he's two points behind hayden deegan in the championship for this east uh division class so that would be very interesting to see Jeremy Martin there in uh in six getting passed by Anstey I think there uh towards the uh towards the end of the race um or it might actually I think it was after Hayden got around him then uh Anstey got around him but nonetheless uh good for uh Jeremy Max and Hayden there uh Vial after that hard crash in practice that I was talking about able to put in a seventh and that's roughly about where he's been in this class uh, outside of that first race where he almost had the podium. His one podium that he could have had this year as far as, you know, where he put himself at and, yeah, just a lot of crashes, but it's, it's expected, right? Uh, Supercross is way different than motocross, but I still feel like it's a successful year uh, in Supercross for Tom Vial outside of the mistakes. Oh, 100%. You know,
1: that's a big adjustment, you know, to go from running, you know, overseas in GP strictly outdoors all year to coming over and jumping on a Supercross track, you know. And for him, like, to be where he was is yeah, – I mean, it shows. He's a hell of a rider because, you know, coming over from running just strictly outdoors hopping on a Supercross track isn't no easy task by any means. like Supercross is gnarly.
0: Yeah, and so, your bike's completely different, right? Your, your bike is so much – uh, more stiffer and your suspension settings are completely different, right? You almost have to ride the motorcycle different to ride uh supercross, And, uh, you got to have a lot of, uh, confidence and trust in your bike. And you have to be comfortable out here on these crazy tracks. Like, you know, just rewatching these races while we're talking right here. I mean, that track was gnarly for these guys. Like it, it just looked like it was almost survival out there. Um, for these guys because the track was so difficult and the tracks have been difficult this year because of the rain I mean you think I mean starting with Tampa right we had some rain there that caused a little bit of drama right and then you go to Atlanta Atlanta had some rain there so that caused uh, you know no press press day and um, the track was a little bit uh, different in the morning for the guys, and it made for great uh, for good racing as well, even though it got boring to- there towards the end. And then, obviously, last weekend in New Jersey, we got the absolute mudder that we've been waiting for since San Diego 2019, and it was awesome. And then, yeah, this weekend, I mean, it rained coming in, right? So it made the track very, very challenging. And, yeah, the weather has been... Um, very, very interesting to see what it has been doing to these racetracks um, by the time the gate drops for these main events.
1: Heck yeah, man. It's, it's been crazy, man. It's been one hell of a season, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. And going back down the list, uh, Chris Blost there in eighth, Henry Miller in ninth, Cullen Park in tenth, Luke in eleventh, he or Luke Neeson 11th he's going to do the privateer challenge this coming weekend for uh the Pulp of Mex, uh LCK LCQ challenge that they're going to have in Denver and he's really really stoked on that he's super um grateful and glad that he gets to go do that and that's going to be a money-making opportunity for him because he is a full uh privateer so Steve was uh grateful enough to give him a uh wild card spot for it, so um, I think he's going to be a heavy sleeper in it, so he may come out with a with a bag, Heavy D. Dude,
1: he, he, I think he could, man. It just, it, you know what I, I find crazy? I, I think we've talked about this before about the LCQ, but I just... They let the guys in the LCQ absolutely destroy each other, and I just feel like, in a sense, it's pretty shitty that, like, a lot of people, they get, I think some of them get more entertainment out of the LCQ than they do the actual main event sometimes, just because how gnarly they get. Yeah. But it's like, they, the most money some of them will probably ever make in a five-year period, they have the chance to go win the LCQ, and it's an outside source that has to put it up
0: and it's a guy it's that's right. part of the media that everybody does not appreciate that everybody just side eyes him. And it's like, dude, he just talks shit on riders, but you see him here. I mean, last year they put up like $140,000, 16th place got $11,000. Yes. Uh, last year in Denver, like dude, like he's helped out so many privateers. And that's why I, you know, I'm a fan of Max because yes, he gives it to you. Uh, probably not the, not the best way that you want to hear it but it's you know most of it is true and of course everybody has an opinion right you may not want the opinion or whatever you know it is or like his opinion but but for what he does for the riders that can't go unnoticed and it and it will show in Denver every single year I think moving forward and Feld uh saw that last year in AMA so that's why they're allowing to give him another one uh for this year and sees how much it uh, really really uh appreciates for uh, the privateers so um man it's awesome and I'm glad that Luke's in it
1: oh 100 percent you know I mean you know I, I mean everybody has uh, like my, my parents always say you know opinions are like opinions are like assholes. everybody has one yep you know I mean I'm Steve he may say some stupid shit I say stupid shit.
0: I mean, we we all say stupid writers. shit, and we may yeah. not be right, or, and we may not be wrong, you know?
1: But, I I mean, I respect the dude 100%. Like, you know, I feel like you can like or dislike somebody, but I'm going to give credit where credit's due, and the dude deserves all the credit in the world because he does do a lot for the riders. You know what I mean? Like, yep. people may not like the truth. They may not like how you put stuff. I mean, in the day, that's just how it is. That's the world we live in. It's a free country. You can say whatever the hell you want. Yep. But I, I, I definitely 100% respect the dude. And, I mean, I would I would definitely go up and shake that dude's hand any day of the week and tell him, you know, you are good for the sport. You know, yep. these riders can hate on you if you want to. But, I mean, anybody that's willing to put, you know, six fingers on the line to help out a privateer or help out guys guys in this sport that's like, you know, that don't get the love that they deserve, hey, my hat goes off to you any day of the week. You know, and I, you got my
0: respect absolutely i feel the exact same way that you do and uh yeah it's awesome and i'm glad that uh luke gets a chance and all of the privateers that are going to be in it right i mean all of the guys that don't make main events right are going into this uh race with a couple of uh wild cards that are privateers as well and uh do it out of their own pocket and um yeah no it's cool and um i'm trying to make it there heavy dude i'm trying to make it there
1: I want to see Luke Duke. Dude, I would love to go. God, that'd be so sick.
0: I know. I'm tr- I tr- I'm trying. The flights dude. are really cheap right now, so I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to make it happen. I'm trying. When to make is it? it? Uh, this weekend. Nice. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my best and uh, make it out there, and uh, it's gonna be cool. Verb Moto is going to uh, uh, videotape the entire thing, and I want to try to be there to give uh, as much. Uh, uh, Media spotlight on those guys, you know, as much as possible because they, you know, they're the backbone of the sport, right? They're not the guys that everybody's paying attention to. But I tell you what, going to these supercross races, you get to see those battles that are not on TV, and you should see the battles that these guys are going for in like 13th, 14th, 12th, 10th, 9th. Like, dude, they're battling all the way to the end, and you can see they're at the end. Um, of the races, I mean, these guys are, you know, nailing each other, you know, going into these corners and stuff. I mean, just, I think it was Justin Hill that, that completely slammed uh, Dean Wilson for like 12th in Tampa or something ridiculous like that. I mean, these dudes are going out there, right? Like, and giving the best that they can every single race. And yeah, they're not the top guys, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't get the credit where credit is due.
1: Right, right, percent.
0: So, um, and just like all of these guys that I'm going to be talking about, right? Like Luke got eleventh, uh, Talon Hawkins twelfth. Like, I I don't. Uh, all right, let's talk about Talon for a second. What What are we doing here? What What are we doing? Is uh, does he look from Huskavarna? I don't know if he has a deal next year or not. But are we are we signing him again for next year? Because I, I just I just don't know. I mean, he's been getting um nowhere near the top five. Uh I mean I think his best finish was maybe like an eighth or so. But uh I mean just watching him practice and just watching him hit the whoop section and, and stuff like that, like he's definitely not a not a um uh, a Hayden Deegan uh as far as a rookie goes. So I, I guess what's your opinion on uh on Talent? And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to shit on him. I'm just I'm just wondering really what um, Rockstar is trying to do with this um, because he's the only guy that's on this coast, right, for Rockstar energy in the 250 class. So um, are we just working with him, Heavy D? That's what we're doing?
1: See, and I – trust me, I'm not – here's my thing. I don't – see, that's the – the only thing that that's what – I feel like that's what's – in a sense Killing our sport In, in a sense Hear me out on this The reason I say this is Okay Alright so I think I know you Where you're me- going
0: I think I know Where you're going With this And this could be A full on rant That I am 100% down To go to road
1: <laughs> It's You have guys Like Peyton Deacon That literally Everybody wants To come in And do as good As he's doing Like that's what you want You know what I mean Yep like, That's what everybody Is trying to do, like, you have a Hunter Lawrence who comes in, and he's that same way. He's right there, you know. But then you have a, a kid like Talon Hawkins, who he has the potential to be there. But it's like, in my opinion, he does the smart thing. Like, I think they were smart by letting him leave amateurs and go up with Deegan in there. Because he may not be there right now, but he, he, he's learning the the difference you know it's it's almost like like a a school for for those that went to public school you got advanced you got kids that's just right there where they need to be and then you have some kids that just need a little help getting there you know what i mean
0: yeah and so he's just he's just in that learning phase right now
1: he's like yeah he's in that learning phase and then you got and and the reason i say that and it I'm glad they're doing it, but they, a lot of teams, get they get away from that, and so they're leaving a bunch of kids over here out to dry to go get guys some overseas. And so, which is nothing wrong with that. You, I'm not knocking on anybody overseas. Like A bunch of those dudes are fast, but man, we got a lot of good talent here, and there's a lot of kids that do get looked over. Dude, They don't get that opportunity.
0: Well, why not like, look at the privateers? Like, why not, why not like, if you lost Jaleek, right, or you lost, whoever it is on your team, other than one guy, so you're supposed to have two riders there, why not put another bike with another rider on a privateer team? Like the Tile Honda or something like that. Why not give them an opportunity to have the factory spotlight and let them know what it's like, right? Like, A-Ray got that opportunity. Like, you know, a bunch of these guys did. So why not... I I just... I guess I don't... I, I don't like them going after their younger guys than the guys that are already veterans and already in the sport and they could progress. Right? Like, Chris Bloss. Like, they picked Chris Bloss up and that was probably the best thing that they could have done than trying to pick up another um, amateur rider. Or, or, you know, bring bring somebody up or something like that. Like, I think they it's, did really good with that.
1: Here's, here's the thing, and if you ever watched that, uh, what is that, that series Verb does, they did it was, like, uh, with um, Rhino, and they had some Austin Energy kids.
0: Uh, um, I'm not sure, Heavy D.
1: I, I forgot, but regardless of the fact, he, you know, Rhino was talking about, like, you know, even Jake, Jake Wymor was in it, too. They were talking about how, like, a lot of these, oh well, this is my saying in the sport, but a lot of these guys, it's like, this sport is all about clout. You got to have so much clout. And everybody has to be somebody to, like, get you somewhere. So, like, a lot of these dudes, and I'm not –
0: No, you're good. Hey, say, th- say that again because you cut out.
1: I said – can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I was like – I'm not I was like, I'm not trying to shit on any, any riders or anything, but, like, this sport is so much about clout. And, like, have, being somebody in the sport, and if you're not, you know, they – you can be going in the heart, right? But it, it's a lot of it, it, it's a good amount of them. It's several I, I've seen, you know, and it's just like I'm not saying that they didn't deserve it, but it's like how the hell did they get that ride over this person? Like that don't make no sense to me.
0: Yeah, like what, wait, what do you what do you mean?
1: I'm just like rides because of who they know.
0: Than their oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, like if you have a good social media presence and and shit like that, you're gonna get picked than a guy that may be a solid privateer intent, right? But if you have a lot of if you have a lot of social media and a lot of people know who you are and and it's gonna help your business uh in that aspect, bring them on.
1: Yeah, exactly. And well, you say it is. No, I'm not disagreeing. a That's a dude. That's. It's several privateers. It's it's a lot of privateers, you know, that were amateurs. They're still sticking it out, but it's a lot that come out of amateurs that should have had a shot that didn't get a shot. Yeah. And because they didn't get their shot, they struggle in the privateers and
0: because they don't have the equipment that they that they want, right? Like, Mumford's a perfect example of that, right? Like, I feel like he's done way better on the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki than he did on any of the uh, teams that he was previously on, right? Not shitting on those teams, right? But just saying that if you give the guy an opportunity, I know Mumford had the Geico Honda, but I think I think he was hurt for a majority of that, if I'm not mistaken, right? So he didn't really get yeah. to show his true... Uh, talent. Then, obviously, he got dropped. Right? He went the Bar X for a while, and then now he's on this Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team, and he's doing well. And he has an injury. So, yeah, I mean, sure, he he does have clout, and he does have uh, very good connections because a lot of the top guys go up to his house to train if the weather's bad or whatever. Right? So, um, but some, well, yes, sometimes yes. it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Right?
1: Well, you know, a lot of them they don't get the time either. Some of them it's like they, they they get a one and done. It's like, all right, you get this year to prove. If You don't do shit then see you. Yeah. It's like yep. If they finish, if they're barely inside the top ten or if they're not top ten, it's like teams ain't giving them like they they they're not doing it like they like. No, we ain't giving you time to develop. No. Like they, I, I, and I'm not trusting, I'm not shitting on Martin Davalos, but if every if every one of these kids. Got the opportunities that Martin Davalos did in the in the 250 class. It'd be a lot more champions than what it is right now, and a lot more different winners that you would have never expected.
0: Dude, and there, well, I mean, might as well just make this class wide open. You might as well just make it 17 rounds of 250 Supercross, 11 rounds of motor of uh, uh motocross 2. Like, just might as well just make it wide open, right? Because the only way you're getting out is if you win a title, right? So. Um, or I think you have to win two. You you win a title, and then you have to defend. And if you don't defend, you get to stay in that class and make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Like a shit ton of money. So that's why those guys stay down. And, I mean, I'm not hating on it, right? But instead of trying to make rules, you might as well just make it wide open, and you might as well just make that a class just as uh big as the premier class. At least right. in, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Martín Davalos, it's it's crazy. Here here's what gets me, and I'm not knocking on him. I, trust me, I'm not. I'm right. just using him as an example that if you are gonna give him that many opportunities, give some of these other kids a, a, a couple more, a year or two more, like because did he had what 13 years in the 250 class. Dude,
0: a long a long time, and and the amount of 30, time that he was on Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki too.
1: He spent 13 years in the 250 class, and he won five races in
0: Supercross.
1: 13 years, and he usually always step a ride. I'm pretty sure he didn't. I don't think he ever rode as a privateer in the 250 class.
0: Did he even? Did he even? Hold on. I want to. I
1: I know. I'm pretty sure he only won five races.
0: I don't even know if he. Did he even win that many?
1: Yes, I'm pretty sure it was five. Like, I'm almost positive because oh. I kept up with it for a long time because it was a big argument for me because I always thought like not knocking him.
0: Yep, yep, like, yeah, yep. yeah. You're right. People? You're right. You're right. Five career. Yeah. So it was. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it was five wins. It
0: was yeah, five. Yeah, it wins. was five wins. Thirteen and and, and honestly, I, when you said five, I was like, dude, Does he even have that many? I thought he might have had like two or three. To be completely well, honest, because there were so many years that he should have either A, been a title what? contender, or B, he should have won a race, and the front end just wanted to wash out, or he had a gnarly crash.
1: Exactly, and, and I've had I arguments where people was like, well, the difference is, you know, he's right there. Well, he still didn't fucking win. Like,
0: yeah, what's I mean,
1: the difference?
0: I mean, yeah, and I mean, I'm not, there's plenty of riders, right, that have had been so close, right, but just front end washes away you know that unfortunately doesn't doesn't happen right for them or whatever the case may be right you got to be able to find a guide to put it all together and you never know unless you give them a chance like yeah, you'll never you know, know and it could be the end of their career like and that's hard for these riders right like that's hard just, trying to do this shit on a privateer to make a name for yourself even if you're not like a clout uh, or you know have a big social media presence right like you're all about work right like and you don't have time. Like, I know plenty of riders that don't even check their check their phone and social media. Like, it's hard for them to go on to social media and post something, right? Like, they're just not those type of dudes. So why not give those guys an opportunity just because they're quiet or whatever?
1: Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Look, and I'm I wanna say I'm not knocking them Martin's a hell of a dude. He's awesome. Cool as hell.
0: Oh, yeah. I oh, just,
1: yeah. I use him as an example because I say if you can invest 13 years in Martin Davalos. You can invest three, and a kid coming up, and you're not going to lose anything.
0: Yeah, and and I wasn't trying to shit on talent. I'm just like, dude, like, why can't we just no. get uh, get another uh, another guy? Like, can we get a privateer? Like, when was the last time that we actually saw a privateer get picked up? Like, it's been a while. I can't even think of one off the top of my head. If you want to call uh, Mumford a privateer, sure, but I mean, it has. It's been a very long time since we've seen. Uh, a rider get pulled out of a privateer situation to go onto a factory team. I would say maybe, um, well, Freddie got it last year with that KTM team before it folded. Um, it, and,
1: oh, dude, it was it's so many privateers, dude. You know that, and it's a lot of guys that you know they had that ride for a year and they just didn't even go the privateer route. They just said, "Screw it, I'm done." Yeah. But it's it's like you know. Chris Blows, he got the opportunity, and he's doing good. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's, it's, these guys, it's guys out here that are grinding, and some of them just – I honestly feel like some of them, dude, if they got the opportunity, they would be dogs. You never know. It would be an older side because a lot of them, it, it's the mental fact that they have that backing. It's yeah. like, all right, I'm on the best fight. I got the best team around me. You know, I can go succeed. I don't have to worry about nothing whether or not my bike's good enough to hang with these dudes, my suspension's good enough, you know, they can just go do it.
0: Yep. And they don't have to worry about, you know, the travel getting there. They get paid, right? Like, they'll get paid a certain amount for, uh, you know, for each round, right? Uh, they'll be able to fly in, right? They don't have to worry about anything. You know, they just tell them what they, what they think about the bike and they could do anything to it, right? And so uh, they would be able to have all the tools there and and everything. But yeah, I mean, uh, to wrap it up, I believe that they should start putting their hand into the bag of privateers and start pulling out uh, one or two of them that's had uh really good season so far. And, you know, halfway through, if you have an injury, pick them up, you know? So. Um, I mean,
1: I. Dude, you, know, you know, Les Smith got the opportunity several times, you know? Yep. And he, he you know, he really sees that he did great so it's a lot like you say i agree with you 100 they really should
0: yeah i just think just giving them an the opportunity to say hey i did ride for a factory team and even though it didn't go the way that uh you know i planned or whatever at least they gave me a shot that that i mean i think that's all you could really ask for because there's there's guys that i believe that should uh get the opportunity um you know, to be able to go, but you know, the logistics behind it, gear deals with these FXR, or I mean, FXR with these, uh, gear, gear, uh, deals and goggles, helmets, boots, like all of this stuff, right? Like you, they have to go through and make sure everything's good and, um, and all of that. So it is a little bit harder than it may seem from the outside looking in, but, um, yeah, dip, dip your hand into the bag and pick a, uh, pick out a privateer here and there. And, um, and yeah, so, uh, 13th. Uh, so Talon was 12, 13th. Jeremy Hand, 14th. Jace Owen, 15th. Caden Braswell. I tell you what, this whole uh, Henry Miller, Cullen Park, Luke Nice, Jeremy Hand, uh, Jace Owen, Caden Braswell, uh, Honda battle uh, for this like near the 10th. Tent- place position was unbelievable it was just hey, i mean
1: these,
0: luke got 11th, uh luke got 11th yeah yeah yeah, yeah but, that, that's badass. dude i went yeah dude i was so stoked for him afterwards so no nah, he he had a really good uh really good day and that's why i said that uh i think he's gonna be a really big sleeper in this uh lcq challenge uh this coming friday in denver and uh cody shock was also in that mix too but he ended up going down um i think about halfway through or, or i think three quarters of the way through unfortunately and he was up there as well. Um, Josiah Notzke's, uh 16th. I think this was his second or third main event he's made uh, this year, so good job for him. Uh, A.J. Catanzaro was super stoked, obviously, for Hunter Lawrence grabbing that win, but he was able to get into the main event. Uh, Hicks in 19th. Garrett Hoffman in 20th, uh, his first main event uh, in his career. So that was awesome to see Garrett Hoffman able to uh, make it, and he looked really, really good. He was in um, – uh he was in one of the practice qualifying uh sessions and i was like man he looks really good out here today and sure enough he was able to put it into the main event so that's awesome for him 21st uh jace kessler and unfortunately uh, in that 22nd spot is brock poppy who uh had that gnarly crash off of the start um but i think he's okay uh but able to get himself into the main event as well and uh yeah that pretty much wraps up um nashville supercross and then obviously we went downtown afterwards and got to see a bu- uh, some riders and some um media personnel and uh and yeah got to see starling and some other uh, other ones too all out there but yeah no uh overall experience uh 10 out of 10 uh heavy d from your side and the racing side and uh i guess just a race day live and the broadcast was uh was everything good on your side there from the from, the, yeah, yeah. from yesterday's racing
1: Oh, dude, it was solid. It was solid.
0: Nice, nice. Um, is there anything else uh, that caught your eye or anything you would like to uh, discuss about or um, just really anything else uh, before we uh, hop off here?
1: Uh, just I hope Barsha gets better. I hated that one, too. That yeah.
0: one broke my heart.
1: He was, he was really coming on. But that, I hope M. Coop, Brock Pappity, all the guys, anyone I'm missing that got hurt, injured, you know, I really wish him a speedy recovery and hope everything goes well for him because, dude, it sucks to get hurt this late in the season, right here at the end. Yeah. Everybody's running strong, so. But other than that, nah, I think
0: we're good. Yeah, the Alpine Star uh, Asterisk Mobile Medical Unit was definitely uh, on their uh, on their a game uh, this weekend in Nashville, and uh, thank you for all they do. Right for. All of these riders and uh and getting them um you know the the help that they deserve. I didn't. I, I'm not gonna lie. The little hell the the thing for Coop. I think they should have laid him down and had him straight on a stretcher instead of letting his head bobble on the back of that medic unit uh going back to the uh uh to the you know mobile unit itself to the big truck uh to get evaluated and stuff. Uh, but you know hey they're doing the best that they can they're trying to get him off the track as quickly as possible um and all of that so uh obviously congratulations once again to Hunter Lawrence well deserved and uh long time coming uh for him especially what he's gone through so it was very cool to see Hunter Lawrence uh grab his 7th win heavy D that's crazy to think about his 7th win on uh on the series and his brother Jet ha- only has 5 so uh, Hunter's really been coming on, and even in our uh, Imperative MX podcast, uh, we've been talking about it for a while, and I've been hyping up uh, Hunter because he's a different rider this year, and sure enough, he showed it by grabbing this 250 Supercross East championship in his career first uh, championship, and then obviously in that 450 class, congratulations to Chase Sexton on grabbing his fourth win of the season, um, Eli Tomac in second, and Roxon in that third-place position. Man, it was a great weekend, and uh, we want to thank all of you guys for listening to our first ImperativeMX.com post-race evaluation from Nashville. And uh, I think this uh, is—I think this is cool, Heavy D. I think we need to do this uh, each time. You know, it's—it's fresh in our minds, right? And we get to talk about it instead of waiting all the way until Wednesday to get our points. And I feel like sometimes we do miss some stuff. So I think uh, just having this podcast here uh, to—you know—the evaluation. Uh, podcast to just talk about uh everything that happened rather I'm there, you're there or anything i think uh I think this will be really good and I think the listeners will enjoy it as well
1: oh a hundred percent you know uh I, I agree so I like it too I like doing it fresh when it's on our mind so hopefully we can do it some more
0: absolutely yeah we were gonna do it last weekend, but man we were i was so exhausted from the from the traveling and I was up for um almost thirty hours so um but regardless of the fact, I think we're going to keep doing this uh, moving forward for the rest of the Supercross and motocross. And uh, even if we go to a local event, I think even just coming back and talking about it on uh, on Sunday would be good. And I think you listeners uh, would enjoy as well. So let us know. Uh, reach out to us if this is something that, you're, that your company or anybody would like to sponsor. Uh, that would be great for us moving forward and to get your company out there. A lot of listeners. So we want to appreciate everybody that has been enjoying these um Imperative MX podcast we're already at episode number uh 24 coming out uh this week on Wednesday when we uh when we record it and it will be live for you guys on uh Thursday or Friday moving forward uh Denver coming up this weekend it's going to be good we have the Imperative MX podcast like I said coming out this week make sure you look out for imperativemx.com uh my perspective from Nashville will be out this week so make sure you keep an eye out on that thank you for all of this social media love as well on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I will say if you guys want to know everything that I know on Saturday's racing at any of these supercross races or motocross races, um, or anything just in general, make sure you guys go and check out my Twitter. That's a majority of the time. What I'm doing at these races is checking Twitter and, uh, posting, uh, everything that's happening and giving you a live race, um, analysis uh, throughout the entire main events and practice and all of that good stuff for you guys so make sure to, to keep an eye out on that and uh, i actually call out uh, a couple of things before they even happen so uh, make sure to keep an eye out on that and congratulations to all of the guys like we said and uh yeah gotta give it up to all of the sponsors on board already west virginia motorsports dirt industries custom graphics fxr hydropower total control racing suspension pr motorsports Mika Metals, uh, Silver Valley MX Park, and you guys, the listeners that have been listening. And uh, from myself, Zach Newberry, and co-host Heavy D, we're out. We'll see you next time.
1: Thanks.